And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air. The official podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com, where we bring you news you can't find anywhere else from Bucks, Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery counties. Thanks to the intrepid reporting of the one and only Linda Stein. Linda, welcome. Good morning, Michael. Uh, you know, I, we've done 1,500 podcasts now, Linda. You keep saying good morning and good afternoon, and anyone's people are listening to this anytime during the day. So that's what I love is that it's just a pure conversation. We are definitely not radio professionals. We are just people who follow the news. What's the big news in uh, Delaware County, these in Delaware Valley these days? Um, well, my goodness, there's like so many different things. <laughs> Can I ask you something before we get to our special guest? It seems like there's more craziness at the town and school board levels, like there's more scammery and there's more fighting and there's more court. Is, is, is that just me? Has this been going on in the Delaware Valley for a while? Because we've been doing this for several years now and it seems extra fighty. You know, it does. Um, it's, it's, it seems like um, parents have various concerns and school right. board members don't want to hear it. And then at election time, it, it last year, it got really right. crazy. It, you know, it really did. And you've had this fight, uh, you know, in Upper Darby with, you know, jobs that appear to be linked to patronage and partisanship. And then you have the uh, fight about opening and uh, allowing a charter school to open uh, and the Westchester School Board won't let them. And once again, it doesn't cost them anything. Theoretically, it doesn't cost them anything. You know, just, they got to have customers or not. And then you had the hack 911 system for Bucks County. You've got illegal immigrant burglary gangs working the way across Radnor. And I, I keep looking, you know, instead of state headlines, we do have some of those. If you go to DelawareValleyJournal.com, Delaware you'll see a lot of local headlines because so much local news is happening. Yes. Okay. That's a good, <laughs> that's a perfectly good answer. That's what we love about Linda Stein. Gets right to it. And if you aren't feeling nervous enough about how things are going, be sure to read our very own Taylor Millard's piece on the analysis of the state budget headline. Fiscal watchdog warns. Pennsylvania taxpayers face budget disaster. So that's not uh, a good sign. So who's going to fix that budget disaster? Who are the people that are going to do the hard work? Well, the, obviously the state house and the state Senate in Harrisburg, Candace Cabanis wants to be the state rep for lower bucks. And she joins us here on the Delaware Valley journal podcast. Welcome Candace. Hi, thank you for having me. So as a guy who used to run campaigns for a living, I love the fact that you have a name that sounds like it could be an animated character on uh, Nickelodeon. <laughs> it really does. I expect you and uh, what's her name with the backpack to get together. Um, I'm Dora, Dora, the Explorer. Dora the Explorer. Yeah, Candace yeah. Cabanas and Dora the Explorer are going together to, to play on Blue's Clues. That's that's the way it looks to me. I don't. Cute. So how's the how's first of all, is this the first time you've run for an elected office? Yes. What's it like so far? Uh, it's wild. I had no idea that. It, I mean, and I jumping into a bigger race, I I should have probably considered something more local. But um, about a year ago, um, I'm on, I'm on the executive committee in uh, Bucks County for the Republican committee. Right. I'm in the Falls committee, but I'm also an executive. Uh, so I go to Doyletown once a month, have meetings up there, right. and um, uh, a fellow executive was like, they had an eye on this race. My husband also had run for school board um, back in 2020. Uh, he was running for the Pensbury School Board, him and uh, another uh, committee member in the Falls uh, region. Right. We live in the Region 3, and uh, neither one of them got on, but it was a, a, an experience um, to watch and, and right. to learn from. And uh, so 
a year ago, someone was like, you know, you really should keep an eye on this. You know, mm-hmm. um, obviously you want to promote your district justice candidate, but it seems like Galloway is running for this. And if he gets in, that's going to leave a vacancy next December. I mean, this is all the way back in February. Sure. And um, I said, I don't know. I, I would love to see someone really qualified. That's a big that's a big responsibility. Right. And he said, listen, you pay taxes, don't you? <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah. And he said, you you are a working class girl. You're in a working class neighborhood. He's like, I think you should take it. Can I interrupt and, uh, you right there? Because once again, I used to run campaigns. This is something that used to drive me crazy. I'd be talking to people like you, regular, normal human beings with lives and experience. And they would say, oh, I couldn't run. You know, I, I don't, whatever, yeah. you know, I didn't go to Harvard or I don't, you know, I'm like, what are you talking about? No, you absolutely can win. First of all, look at the nitwits in Harrisburg right now. I mean, come on. That's a pretty low bar. Anyone can jump yeah. in. And secondly, I think the system on both sides of the aisle needs more normal people who've had normal jobs and fewer people who are kind of part of the elite bubble, you know, whether it's uh, Ivy League or whatever. I tell the people all that you do you understand the issues? Do you know how to balance your own budget? You can absolutely run for office, whether you are a screaming liberal or a hard right conservative. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, we're the ones, uh, the working class are the ones that feel the pinch at the grocery store and at the gas pump. We we're the first to really recognize that, you know, a lot of people, um, business class, they don't notice that as quickly as we do. Right. And uh, so when inflation hits, those prices start going up. Um, we start feeling that first. And um, that, so I definitely want to be a working class voice in Harrisburg um, because I, I we've lived it. You know, we've lived the past five years here in, in Bucks County. Previously, we lived in Lancaster County. It's a different um, socioeconomic sphere, but um, some of the issues are still the same, you know, and it, even though it's more moderate out here, um, it's, you know, someone has to speak up for these needs that the communities have. And Sometimes it just a lot of people feel that they're forgotten down here. They they think right. that the government doesn't care. They they think that, well, you know, it's really those areas closer to Doylestown that matter. And I said, no, I mean, anybody can do this. Just trying to get people on an actual committee, like a township committee, like my husband and I are here. Um, a lot of people think they don't have the time. It, it really isn't a huge time requirement. Well, can- um, and even responsibilities, it's, it's, it's not a heavy requirement for responsibility or time. Well, Candace, on your website, you mentioned that you would like to improve health care and make it more affordable. How would you do that? Basically, I think that we have to balance the budget first. I, I think that's first and foremost. We got to see what we have to work with. Um, you know, and and I'm in close talks with Kristen Marcel, Joe Hogan, Casey Tomlinson, other lawmakers in this area. And uh really I think that's the first and foremost thing that I'm hearing is we have to get an agreement on the budget to start with and then start. Start from there and then uh, look at the needs. Like what are the needs in different areas? Uh, right now I'm do- I'm going to door to door and I'm talking to uh, mostly senior citizens that are home during the day. And they're, they have concerns, you know, like, well, please don't forget about us. You know, things are getting more expensive, you know, and, you know, obviously they have more healthcare uh, considerations. Um, we also have to take care of our businesses. And, uh, and I know that sounds unrelated, but, um, you know, for me, I work in in uh, hospitality with restaurants. We don't have um, health insurance readily available. The marketplace can actually be um, tricky because the coverage can be expensive, but uh, not as good as uh, maybe you would get in another uh, line of work. So uh, availability of insurance, um, I'm not sure, you know, entirely as I'm learning this process again, because I'm an everyday person, but uh, what goes into uh, working with like uh the uh, ACA healthcare coverage uh, that 
was implemented under Obama. Like, how do we work on a state level with that? Like, I, I'm learning, like, uh, it's interesting how all these things overlap. So it, it's actually a complex process of, you know, kind of sorting through those those different channels, both state and federal. Um, but I definitely want to, like, get in there and roll up my sleeves and learn more and uh, see what I can do to help everyday people like myself, like I said, the aging population, and, uh, you know, see businesses um, basically helped with incentives, help them uh, create more jobs. We actually have a really large out-migration rate. I think we're the eighth largest uh, state for out-migration residents leaving. Right, right. And um, we need to create incentives for businesses to stay for our working, uh, our working age population. I mean, I mean, we get taxed to help those in need and, you know, we need to have good paying jobs. True. So yeah. all the all these things kind of work together, you know. Candace, you were mentioning health care, and uh, Democrats are constantly bringing up abortion and saying that's health care. Where do you stand on the issue of abortion? I believe that it's our voters' right in this district to decide this issue um, and create a basis for the laws enacted. My job is to represent the decisions that the voters make in the 140th district to Harrisburg. Um, right now, the law currently supports a woman's right to have an abortion uh, up to 24 weeks or six months. Um, and this allows for exceptions due to rape, incest, life-threatening issues to the mother and her health. Um, honestly, if this is what our voters wish to continue, it's my job as state representative to respect them and uh, continue to represent them in Harrisburg. Um, it's a tough issue. It is a really tough issue. And uh it is sort of like the Democrats' silver bullet to us because we have struggled to kind of have a cohesive answer. Um, but I want the voters' rights to, uh, you know, I really believe in by the people for the people, and they get to decide um, issues like this for the region. Um, so I really do hope people show up and, and vote their values and uh, let us know what they want us to represent. Well, another big issue right now is public education funding. Um, and you mentioned public supporting public education on your website. Um, what would you do uh, to improve funding or um, are you in favor of school choice too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think every kid has the right to um, to have a good education. And, um, you know, sometimes I we came from Lancaster County where the schools were actually failing to meet state standards. And, uh, you know, we definitely want to see uh, you know, all kids offered opportunities, you know, regardless of their socioeconomic background um, or where they live. Um, right now in Pensbury, we're seeing that uh, potentially brought to the table with a, a conversation of a merger between uh, Morrisville and Pensbury, which has been kind of a hot topic, depending on who you talk to. Um, I don't foresee that happening anytime soon, but, um, you know, it's it's something that maybe 10, down, 10 years down the road, they'll talk about uh, actually implementing. But um, it definitely, uh, it definitely raises, uh, arguments on both sides. Uh, but as far as my personal stance, I have a daughter who, uh, is, we were, she's in public school. Uh, she has an IP, she's, um, high functioning on the autism spectrum. And, you know, I really, I know the teachers and all the staff work very hard, um, to help our kids. Right. Uh, but I feel like the system that they have to operate through is complicated. And, you know, I've been to these IEP meetings and they're like, well, she has a math test with 20 problems and we're going to maybe only make her have to do half of them. And, you know, I see her every night struggling and, and thinking like she's failing. And I said, honey, right. you just have to do the best you can. But, you know, I'm, I, 
as a mother, it breaks my heart when I have a kid who thinks they're not smart and they're actually extremely brilliant, but it's like, there's this very narrow channel that they want kids to enter through and, and learn. And, you know, they kind of teach to the test a little bit. And, you know, I, I, I know she can retain some of the information. Um, I just feel like she needs to be encouraged to speak for herself because she doesn't speak publicly. She only speaks at home. Um, so people think she's not verbal. I've had right. multiple conversations with teachers who think she's not verbal. I'm like, oh, she talks. <laughs> she just doesn't want <laughs> and, um, and And it's like, we've been working on this for four years with them. She's a senior now. And I understand that the challenges for them is they have multiple students with various issues. But again, this this goes back to tax dollars. These schools are very quick to say, let's give your kid an IEP because they know it gets them more tax money. But I want to see that implemented well, too, for each kid. It is an right. individualized education plan. So um, what are things that we can do to better help our kids with those IEPs and to make sure that they're not just falling through the cracks and that we're just ticking boxes and saying, you know, giving percentages while they're doing this, this percentage of the time, and we're trying to get it to this percentage um, because they're human beings. You know, this isn't a science experiment. They're human right. beings and they all learn differently. Uh, and so your experience going through this process, uh, do you think that's a way for you to talk to and connect with other parents who have had similar struggles with their kids and then Absolutely, represent yeah. and them in Harrisburg? Yes. And I have talked to other parents in the area who have had issues with IEP. Um, some of them have gone over to Neshaminy or different districts. Um, some have chosen homeschool. Uh, you know, it, 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 it really should be the parent's choice of how they think their kid could be best educated. Right. But I, it's interesting to me that you know, we uh, talked earlier about the uh, that unique position that you're in when you're a legislator, because as you said, whether it's the issue is abortion or education, you've got the the back of the house, which is what the government can do, you know, the stuff they can actually spend yeah. money on, how it works. Then you got the front of the house, because since you waited tables, I used to wait tables, which mm -hmm. is the customers who all they care about is, did you bring me my delicious, you know, dinner? Yes. And navigating that uh, space, uh, translating from what the diner is asking for at the table and then figuring out what they really want and how to translate it to the back of the house and then vice versa. That's a, that's a skill that uh, you could argue we need more of in Harrisburg and in Washington, DC. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you mentioned that you waited tables. You also mentioned you have kids. Could you give us a rundown on uh, what it's like at uh, Casa del uh, Cabana? <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty quiet. My oldest was the, um, she has a lot of personality. She moved out to LA with some friends, um, back over the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, she came home for the holidays and, uh, her and my husband have very similar, very, uh, vivacious, outgoing personalities. <laughs> so since she went back to LA, it's gotten quiet again. Um, but you have three teenagers. Is that right? Yeah. She's 19. My middle daughter, oh. uh, the one I was speaking of is 17. And then my son is 14. Uh, see this, I think, uh, parents of teenagers need to go to Harrisburg because basically you have a huge room full of teenage kids who need their heads knocked together. That's what, that's how <laughs> I think of a state legislature. Is that a pretty good metaphor? I don't know. I've actually had a really good relationship with some of our local uh, okay. legislators. I think, I think they're level-headed. I think, uh, they work very hard and they want to see results. And, um, I, I, it's tough because Harrisburg's a machine, DC's a machine, and right. um, we want to we want to make things run smoother. And uh, it depends, you know. Sometimes you run into 
to people who've been there for a while and maybe like, well, you know, let's put the, and again, it's, everyone has a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that sometimes we might get in a hurry to do something, but other people have the perspective of, well, you know, you have to consider X, Y, and Z to implement ABC, you know? And, and I think that's, uh, again, it's a learning process um, as you're a, a junior member of something like the house in uh, Harrisburg Senate, anything like that. Um, it, it, we really are trying to learn to work together and move forward and achieve a common goal. And I really think that should be something between Democrats and Republicans. We really do need to work forward together. Um, this budget shouldn't have sat this long unsolved. Candace, if we were to manage to organize a debate, which uh, I've been working on, you would debate, wouldn't you? Absolutely. So Linda, I, Sarah, I really think my opponent would have the upper hand. I mean, he's been <laughs> school board director and I'm sure very knowledgeable. And so, I mean, uh, but I'm willing to try, you know, I'm willing to put, put myself forward and uh, well, uh, talk about anything. Well, Delaville Valley Journal has hosted debates in the past, including Republican U.S. Senate debates. And uh, we were happy to do it to help get the community informed. Linda, what's the status of our proposal for a debate in this uh, special election? Um, well, Candace is a... Candace's opponent, whose last name I'm sure I will mispronounce, uh, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Can you help it's us Procopiac. out, Candace? What's that? Uh, it's Prokopiak. Uh, yeah, Jim Prokopiak. Excellent. Yes. Well, his uh, at first he said yes, he would debate, but then when I gave him different dates, etc., his campaign manager said no, those debates won't work. And then I uh, went to our venue, which was Karen Co or Karen University, and they gave <clears throat> and got some more dates. And his manager said, "No, uh, they respectfully quotes are not interested." <laughs> so, well, there you go. I mean, you can't that. you can't debate people who won't show up, uh, as uh, Americans are seeing at the national level as well as the local level. But we are happy to do it, and we are happy. Uh, to have you on the podcast. And how can people find out more about the Candace Cabanas campaign for Statehouse? Uh, we do have a website, candace4pa.com, and it's spelled out F-O-R as the word. Um, and I also am under those handles for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Excellent. Thanks so much. Great talking with you. Yeah, thank you so much for your time, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal on the air. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, post it on social media. And if you haven't, sign up for our twice a week newsletter so you don't miss any of the terrific content from DelawareValleyJournal.com. Thanks again. I'm your host, Michael Graham.